Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. This episode of The Warriors Huddle is brought to you by The Athletic Club Oakland, a sports bar we just love. If you listen to this podcast, you enjoy watching sports, and you already know that watching games with other fans just makes the experience better. Look, obviously, watching a Warriors game on your own is fine. I've done it for years. But watching the game in a place that lets me scream and cheer and just generally lose my shit with other dub fans is so much more fun. COVID stole that opportunity for a while, but the ACO has given it back. The Athletic Club Oakland has shut down their entire side street, created an enormous outdoor space called the Town Gardens, and filled that space with tables, more than 15 huge TVs, and their full complement of great food and drinks. It's big, it's comfortable, it's a great spot to watch Steph continue to rain threes during this incredible Warrior season, the NFL playoffs, or any other sport with fans while still staying safe. I love this bar. I love their food, I love their space, I love their TVs. I even love that it's family friendly. I can go there with friends and get way too passionate, or I can go with just my wife and kid and enjoy brunch while catching a game. The Athletic Club is now my go-to spot to watch all sports, especially the Warriors, and I hope you'll join us there. The Athletic Club Oakland, where sports fans can be sports fans again. We're going to bring you on to our huddle. You are in the Warriors huddle with me, Bram, with me per usual, my boy and producer, Marcus. What's up, Devin And our master of all things sound, Maxine. How's it going? Gentlemen, fired up. To announce that rejoining us, the host of the Morning Roast, which is the Bay Area's go-to morning show, the lead on NBC Sports Bay Area's pre- and post-game coverage of your Golden State Warriors, and a guy who couldn't pick Marcus out of a lineup of one, Mr. Bonte Hill. What's going on, Bonte? It's good to be back, man. You know, I always love talking to you guys, and when you get that text from Bram on game day, how you feeling, man? How you feeling? Like, man, ask me. At around eight o'clock, because I could feel his nervous energy through the text. So I got to put Bram on ice whenever he texts me, man. I'm like, I'll need those vibes right now. Already stressing out, but always good to be back on the, on the best podcast out here, the best Warriors podcast, Warriors Huddle. You know, we appreciate you. I love you to death. Also, I'll give you a little uh, transparency. So, yeah, dude, I do reach out for Bonte, and he's right. I look for some kind of, like, calm optimism to help me through, like, really difficult times. And his answer of, ask me in 40 minutes, did not make me fucking feel any better at all, dude. It made me feel, like, in particularly worse, which actually is the perfect setup. So, we'll be talking about Western Conference Finals. That's our focus today. But let me start with this question. So, we're on the other side of it now. We made it. We beat them. They're out of our lives. So, we can speak honestly about this how worried were you boys going into game six? Oh man when the auto porter junior news broke that he wasn't gonna play i looked at bully and d right and they kind of like gave me that look like whoo not gonna be easy and i was just like dear god don't let there be a game <laughs> seven i started thinking about everything the three one jokes and how three one was going to be back oh my god back into our lives 
Monday's morning rolls with all the fans saying it's over. A flight back to Memphis. The whole whoop that trick set up and job rent and his dad. I, I was thinking of the worst. And I said, you know what? Somehow, some way, they're going to beat the Memphis Grizzlies in game number six. And it was going to take a performance like we saw uh, Friday night. The rebounding with Looney and Draymond and Wiggins, 70 to 44. Unbelievable. You don't see that. The last team to score the grab 70 rebounds in the playoff game was the Spurs in 1983 for crying out loud. So, like, it, it was just, it, it was insane. But your boy, this was the most nervous I've been during this run. Like, even game <laughs> seven against Cleveland, I was like, you know what? This is what it is, man. It got to game seven. It's been a hell of a ride, 73 and nine. You think about 2017 and 2018, 2019, you had an appreciation for what they did. This is probably the most nervous I've ever been, man, because this Memphis team, they're young, they're hungry, they're athletic, and they're learning how to win. They just, you know, they didn't have that experience oh, yeah. to close some of these games out and not have a jaw. You felt good about that. So, man, I in team Maxime and Bram, I was, I was, man, I was sweating through that suit, man. I was a little, <laughs> I was a little paranoid going into game six. <laughs> I tried to hide it. So, like going into it in a public setting, I was over the top, hyperbolically optimistic. I was tweeting shit like, I can't wait to see the Warriors championship pedigree and I can't wait to be moving on. I mean, just all these kind of like rhetorical, like, of course, internally, completely losing my shit. And we, we had fools over to the house. We're watching over there and, and same kind of like general persona outwardly. I'm trying to show everyone I'm cool. I'm keeping kind of calm and quiet. My dog sensed how fucking crazy I was. And I imagine it's as close as I'll get to bringing like a bomb on a plane and having a dog find me out because he'd come over to me, start like picking up my tension and then started whining terribly. And everyone knew, even though I was trying to hide how scared I was like, oh, Bram is losing his shit. And to make it even better, dude, my fucking cable up oh, there. Let me change this. Uh, memo to direct TV. Fuck yourself a thousand times. My, my computer or my computer, my cable cuts out. And by the end of it, the people who we invited over to the house were watching it in the backyard on a projector against a wall because we couldn't get the TVs to, uh, to work. So it was, it was a difficult setting. But yo, we, we got there. We got there. Uh, Marcus, how'd you take it, man? It was like, were you fine or did you lose your shit? I was, I was nervous until I started seeing the game and only because when, whenever Dylan Brooks is your best player on the floor, it started bringing me relief. Like Tyus Jones is different. Tyus Jones, I don't think is a superstar compared to Dylan Brooks, but when Tyus Jones is on is hitting and he's having a good game, it permeates differently throughout the team. Dylan Brooks being the leading scorer and hitting threes was perfect. It was like chef's kiss like, because, you know, he's just going to keep shooting it. He's going to take them out of the offense. He thinks, you know, like there's a great meme. It was like, it's Dylan Brooks time. And then it was Dylan Brooks who said that, you know, like it's his confidence in himself is, is what takes them out of the game because he just thinks he's better than he is. So yeah. <laughs> um, I was nervous the same way as you. I was fronting and, you know, like, oh, yeah. We'll be fine. You know, the Bucks got blown out by 39 last year and they won the chip. So, you know, like same thing here, but I was nervous. And then when I started seeing how the game was flowing and seeing, I was like, if they're relying on Dylan Brooks to push this to game seven, like we are good. I can't remember a player going faster from who are you to I hate you than Tyus Jones did in about a quarter and a half for me. Uh, but I tell you what, let's push off to our golden questions because I want to talk about this Western Conference final. And Maxime, I'll go to you first, man. So here it is. Quote, and unfortunately, that's kind of a bad transition because this question has to do with the Memphis series. But what lesson do you take away from the Grizzly series? 
Oh, I see you. That doesn't, I mean, we're also, we're, we're talking about lessons, pulling it forward. Looking so I think forward. you did a great job on that. Yeah, I really appreciate plan. that. Now the transition was there. Go ahead and edit out that last fuck up for me. That's, it was a fantastic. A professional right there, Maxine. Appreciate that. that. stuff right there. <laughs> <laughs> Do you like that I accepted your compliment, Maxine? This full Bonte was complimenting you. And I said, yeah, thank you very much. Uh, <laughs> it was just that good of a transition. What can you say? Hey, it was, it was next level right there, man. <laughs> what lessons you pull that we can, uh, we can apply next series? Uh, I, I think the lesson to pull is trust in Kevon Looney. I don't think that's just, I mean, we saw some heroics in that game six effort, but he is solid no matter what, right? So if he is just a very high floor player for us, and that's something that we need because otherwise they can work us inside. I also think we saw a lot of benefit from pushing the ball really fast. Memphis can match our pace. I'm not so sure that the Mavs are going to be able to match our pace in the same way. And if we push Luca into having to work on both ends of the floor, I think we're going to have a nice series. So if anything, like I said, I think it's trusting a little bit more more size from our from our big guy in Kavan because he deserves that trust and move the ball quick. Monte, what'd you pull from this man? Are, are there big life lessons or hoop lessons that we can learn looking back at this Memphis shit? Well, it's obviously Looney with the 22 rebounds and playing like a grown man and boxing out, but I think it's Andrew Wiggins here. This is a guy when the Warriors traded for him, a lot of people said, oh, how Wiggins number one pick, he's underachieved. And I get it. He did underachieve, but sometimes you need to be a part of a, a culture that wins. A, a good, positive culture that's about hanging banners. And when you're in a moribund franchise like the Minnesota T-Wolves and, you know, they're decrepit, they're fighting with each other, you got the Jimmy Butler situation, you got to get out of there. That was a toxic situation. And when you have the pressure thrust onto you right away as a 19-year-old to carry a franchise, that's tough to do. Here, you get to chill in the cut. You're playing alongside Steph and Clay. You get wide open shots. And the game Andrew Wiggins had, specifically in the second half, when you see him score 15 points and six rebounds and start that game changing 18-3 run in the fourth quarter, not only that, he's asked, look, he said, hey, Mike Brown, I can guard Tyus Jones for 48 minutes. The guy played 41 minutes. These playoffs, and the numbers aren't eye-popping, right? 14-7 and seven, uh, going into that game six it was his postseason average. But I thought Andrew Wiggins played bigger than the numbers. The efficiency's there. He's shooting 37% from the three-point line, and he's playing lockdown defense while crashing the boards. What was the big conversation in the regular season about Wiggins? He needs to grab more rebounds. He needs to grab more rebounds. Well, game one against Denver, he grabs a career-high nine rebounds. Then he grabs eight in game two. Then you see him drop a couple doubles. Now he's had multiple games with 10-plus rebounds. I thought he played like a grown-ass man. Yep. You see him play like a number one pick, and he wasn't afraid in the moment. Desmond Bain hits a three to make it 89-87. I'm thinking to myself, damn, these dudes won't go away. They're answering every run. Wiggins comes down with a frantic offensive possession, nails a three, then he takes advantage of Dylan Brooks dribbling off his foot. He goes in for the dunk. It starts an 18-3 run. I think we learned that Andrew Wiggins could play alongside the core four with Looney, Steph, Clay, and Dre. And this guy has been a factor. He's going to be a big factor in the Western Conference Finals, trying to slow down Luka if they don't try to switch off of him, which I anticipate a lot of pick and roll when they hunt Steph Curry to get the matchup with Luka. But Andrew Wiggins, man, oh, my Lord, he's become a fan favorite with this fan base out of nowhere. I think going from worst all-star starter to we can't make a free throw to now it's like two-way Wiggs is back. I think we learned a lot about Andrew Wiggins in that series against Memphis. Playoff Wiggs, baby. I love that take. Uh, let's see, working backwards. One, Bonte is currently in the lead for word of the day with Moribund. Nicely done, man. You fucking destroyed that too. That three was so huge and it was it was like old school, like what I used to do with uh, Andre. Like, no, 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 no. And then it goes in and you're so happy about three, it. You know? Hey, three for three in the second half. Like he had 16 to five in that second, or excuse me, 
15 and six in that second half, and they needed every single one of those points. It felt like they all came at critical junctures in that basketball game. Absolutely. And he was, he showed poise, you know, he showed all the things that we don't necessarily associate with him. Um, I could go macro here, right? I could tell you things like Golden State still has a size problem. We knew that. I could tell you that the Warriors still have turnover issues. We knew that. I could tell you that Steve Kerr is hella valuable. We kind of learned that, right? Instead, I'm going to go even bigger. Um, what we've learned, and we were talking about this a little bit before the mics went hot, but you guys remember like a few years ago, Steve Kerr had that quote where he said, look, this isn't real life. You know, when the Warriors were dominating, when they were cruising to all these fucking championships and people got upset by it. Well, what we've learned in this last series was that he was right. That wasn't real life. This is playoff basketball is hard. Playoff basketball is stressful. Playoff basketball requires luck and breaks and fucking fortitude, you know? And so this, you know, the the good news is Warriors won. Um, Good news is Warriors are still a contender. Bad news is all that stress, all that bullshit, all those flaws, it's going to be true. It's going to be true this series. And if we're lucky, we'll also feel it next series, dude. So that's what I learned. Although one last follow-up on the micro stuff. Um, so I'm okay with turnovers. Like they, they are what they are. They're part of life. Dude. We all make mistakes. I can't stand fancy turnovers, those fucking unnecessary backdoor shit. And the example Maxime and I were talking about before we hit record, if I'm walking down the street, dude, and I trip, okay. Like I'm not proud of it, but like it happens. I wasn't at my best. If I walking down the street and I try to do eight backflips and a cartwheel and I trip, well, that's on fucking me. Just walk down the streets, dude. And so that absolutely killed me. Marcus, let me go to you, but I'm going to shift the question. All right. So we're going to go over to our elevator pitch series for those new to the segment. It's pretty easy. Elevator pitch is a Hollywood term. A bunch of people have movies. They don't have the money to make them. They never get an opportunity to explain why they should be made. And if they get really lucky, they might find themselves in an elevator with a producer who can make it. So you have a very short amount of time to explain a uh, concept. So here's our first concept, Marcus, to you. Elevator pitch. Why will Golden State v. Dallas be good television? Because Luka Doncic is a problem. He's real. He's the real deal. Um, But the Warriors shot terribly uh, the past two series almost fully. And, um, you know, we're we're due for a, a hot series. So between those two, I think it's, you know, you can ask for a better thing. I think it's even better than a better balanced Phoenix Suns team. Bonte, I'm going to give you the next one is, and I want you to give me a great one. So I'm going to give it to you and then I'll vamp for us a little bit. The one that's going to be for you is why will Golden State win this series? While you're thinking on it, I'll explain why I think this is going to be good television. So look, this is the old guard showing the world they still have it versus the new player who thinks he's the face of the league. You know, I mean, this is the stuff of television. We, we've got Steph and Clay and Draymond wanting to show, of course, we've still got some shit left in the tank. And we've got Lucas storming the fucking league, wanting to show that, no, that that chapter is over with, you know, turn the page. We'll see which one of those things goes down. But as far as television comes, oh, well, yeah, dude, I'm on board. Um, all right. Bonte, what do you got? And I need you. Don't give me the ask me at 740 fucking response. Give me <laughs> something that'll help me through this. 
Yeah, the Warriors are going to win this because Steve, under Steve Kerr, they have not lost a series in the Western Conference. All right, think about that. They have not lost a series in the Western Conference since Steve Kerr came aboard. Now, then you have Dre, Clay, and Steph. They're all feeling good. Steph with a big fourth quarter. Clay, game six, Clay re-arriving. And Draymond letting it fly. They're going to push the pace on the Dallas Mavericks. Uh, and look, this is going to be great television because you got the old guard versus the new guard, right? The Warriors aren't ready to pass that short quite yet. They're entertaining. Chase Center's back. Everybody's loved hating the Warriors again, which is normal now in America when everybody hates the Warriors. And last but not least, Chris Paul and on his basketball team. You're not going to punk Steph Curry like the Mavericks did Chris Paul to take him out of the series where he averaged nine points over the last five games. Steph Curry's going to get his 26. Clay's going to have nights where he goes cold, but he's going to hit shots. And Jordan Poole is waiting in the wings to go crazy against his team. Remember the last time he played Dallas was when Jordan Poole found his swagger again, went off the bench. That was the start of a monster run towards the end of the regular season. So all those factors are why the Warriors are going to beat Dallas and what I think is going to be a wild, wild Western Conference Finals. I think this is going to be a classic. Give me some advice, Pate. So this is off script, but I, I need your, your opinion as the voice of the Bay Area, as the host of the fucking morning roast, all of these things. All right. And I'll, I'll, I'll share something with you if you promise not to tell anybody. I'm feeling weird about the CP3 thing. I, I, I look, I've, I've hated this dude my entire life, right. my sports life. You know, I, I came into that last game. I wanted them to lose as it was happening. I wanted them to lose. And then today, when he's getting destroyed by people like Pat Bev and yeah. we're seeing clips that suggest he might've gotten teary eyed on the court. But I started losing my hate, man. I felt weird. I, I, uh, felt, I felt really strange about it. So where are you on CP three right now? How should we be feeling? I think Pat Bev, look, he took it a little too far. A couple of those comments were cool. You want to say he's a cone. He doesn't guard fine. If you want to say you don't, I look, I go to bed at 10 o'clock when I'm playing CP three, I'm having a nice steak and a glass of wine. I'll sweat it out during pregame shoot around or something. All right. That's all good. You want to get sleep when you play Steph Curry, but he just went on and on and on. And it's like, at the end of the day, you're Pat Bev. All right. At the end of the day, you're Pat Bev and you're not known for having a great game. You're known for your antics. So kind of pump the brakes there. And I love Matt Barnes checking him. Now, I don't feel bad for Chris Paul because you got all these national media members talking about how I just feel so bad. He's not going to get a ring and he's the greatest point guard in his generation. Hello. Is Steph Curry around? The guy with three rings? Now, don't give me this whole, oh, Steph Curry's a shooting guard. Uh, You know, his primary his primary focus is to score. Tell me you haven't watched the Warriors without telling me you haven't watched the Go to State Warriors. All right, let's stop with that. So, Chris Paul, just don't put him in a category with Isaiah and Steph and Magic. He's a tier behind them. And when you you you've been part of teams that have blown five 2-0 leads. Think about it. When you go up 2-0, that other team has to win four and five. You're Chris Paul, that can't happen. And when you go up there in the podium and you're petty and you're taking shots at Luka because they hunted him in game two, and all of a sudden you disappear and average nine the rest of the series and your legs go out. And then you did how we did the Alvarado kid from New Orleans. Alvarado played his ass off in that first round series for the Pelicans. Played his ass off. So Chris Paul goes 14 to 14 in a clinching game. And he disrespects Alvarado by trying to act like he forgot his name. It called him something else other than Alvarado. I don't feel bad for Chris Paul. Now, I don't hate him as strong as Twitter does and other people does. I think he's a great point guard, but I don't feel sorry for him at all. It is what it is. Dem the rules, right? You lose and you flame out in game seven. You're down 30 at the half. The Sun scored five points in the last 751 of the first half. You're Chris Paul, a Hall of Famer. That cannot happen. So I don't feel bad for him at all. I don't feel any sympathy, but I do think Pat Bev went a little too far. Like, you're Pat Bev. 
right? You're, you're not, you're not Steph Curry. You're not John. You're not Westbrook. You're not one of these great. You're Patrick Beverly. Pump the brakes a little bit. You're right. Um, in fact, Maxime, erase my last take and, and replace it with this. Fuck CP3. I've always hated that, dude. My entire life getting well, back to you that. You know what? I feel like I, I've been thinking a lot about, you know, because I've softened to him as well, right? And I think, you know, hearing about him crying a little bit made yeah. me think of George Bush, right? Regardless of how we feel about politics, you know, dude said there were weapons of mass destruction and then there weren't, you know, and like, now he's painting, you know, and we're all like, oh, that's just kind of sweet. I, I felt like in that moment, this was the end. This was the last chance for Chris Paul, I think, to make it over the hump. I don't he's too old now to really pull it off. And so you're already starting to feel the effects of like a post retirement, like softening of the character. And it's just I kind of just feel bad for the guy at this point. You hear that, Chris Paul? The war in the Middle East was your fault, dude. We will <laughs> never forgive you for that. Uh, it's not a single word, but I never thought Maxine would tie in George Bush's painting I, skills to. Uh, and he did, though. <laughs> and he, he pulled it off, dude. Like, that was, that was a very tight window. And he made his way through it <laughs> at the risk of bringing us back to the, uh, to the Dallas series. Why will Golden State win? What well, did exactly what they wanted to have happen over these last two days happened? They have home court advantage through the rest of the season, including in this series. They got extra rest, and they are now playing against a team who will try to beat them with a breakneck pace and three-pointers. Exactly where we want to be. You know, so is it a guaranteed victory? No. Like I just said, playoff basketball is hard shit. But is there reasons why they should win? Sure there are. Are there reasons why Dallas could win? Unfortunately, yes. You know, um, Luca just got pushed out of the superstar nest. You know, we haven't seen him fly in the playoffs yet. And they, they got into a fucking game seven. They pushed him out and off he went. I, I, I'm not a fucking bird. I can't imagine how exciting it is to, to feel fight for the first time. But that's what the fuck Luca just did. And there is a chance in this next series where he takes flight, man, where off he goes. You know, the, the league wants him to be the next face of the, of the entire league. He just showed he has the skill set. So if we have something to worry about, there you go, dude. Luca is pretty fucking good. Here's our next question. Right back to you, Monte, and I'm excited for this one. So, quote, I already knew why I hated Memphis and Phoenix, but Dallas is a little new to me. Please give us three things Warrior fans will hate about the Mavs before the series is over. So I know you're not a hate guy. We'll call this sports hate, dislike, <laughs> however you want to phrase it. But some things, you don't have to give me three, but some things you think will uh, will pop up by the end of this. All right, number one, Mark Cuban. Being on the team's bench, standing <laughs> up go. with them in the corner, cheering and clapping like he's wearing warm-ups with his team. That's going to get annoying. So the Incredible. battle of owners with Joe Lake sitting in his courtside seat with his arms crossed, pissed off. Mark Cuban's going to piss us all off the way he's on the sideline, clapping, getting on the floor, high-fiving players when they're off the floor. Dude, sit in your seat, dude. You're not on the team. You don't play basketball. You own the team. Now, I get it. You're an owner. You want to live how you live. But that's reason number one. Number two, the Luka antics. He's going to look at the referee every 60 seconds. Foul, foul, foul. What, what I do? It's the James... Parton DNA that he has to get out of his system here. You got to get him out of your system, Luca. You're a great player. But the constant whining and bitching over every little call, it's going to get nauseating for Warrior fans. They're going to get sick of it. And then once he starts chirping with the step back threes or whatnot, it's going to all get on our nerves, right? It's going to all get on our nerves. Number three, the Bobon Love Fest. Right, just because he's seven three. Oh, Boban, he's so lovable. He's so good. He's so funny. Well, he's not good at basketball. And if he tucks into Florida series, he's going to get his ass cooked. 
So that's another reason to hate Bull, to hate the Dallas Mavericks. Oh, by the way, Reggie Bullock's little dreadlock. Look, oh. I'm off the dreads, right? Oh. And team, you know, we love the swag, right? <laughs> but what, what, what are you doing? You look like a rich man's Alfred Payton with that hairdo. Yes. It, it sickens me. And then he's got the little cross in the ear coming in pregame warmest. Another reason to hate the Mavericks, right? That gets on my damn nerves. Powell thinks he's a big, you know what I'm saying? He's going to annoy us all. And yes. then Jalen Brunson with this bully ball antics. And oh, Mr. Crypto, Spencer Dinwiddie. Look, the tech world revolves around the Bay Area. We are the tech world out here. Silicon Valley's right down the street. Spencer Dinwiddie, this fake crypto NFT type of mode he's in or movement, whatever, he's going to all get on our nerves because he thinks he's smarter than everybody. No, we got the smartest man in the building than Andre Iguodala when it comes to this stuff. Not you, Spencer Dinwiddie. So I think I just gave you five reasons yes. to hate Dallas Mavericks. Yes, yes, he did. And I don't mind saying, Marcus Maxime, didn't I ask him, like, you don't actually have to give three? He not only gave us, like, a thousand, but they are a hell of good. And Abba Bar is said high as fuck, dude. And he, he, I have a bunch written down, and he took most of them away from me. So all I can do is is trail in his vapors here. I'll add to the Luca thing. I agree with you. It's not just his flopping. I'll, what we're going to learn to hate is his smile. I I can't remember any player ever smiling after every basket he made. I don't I don't oh. remember that happening. Luca's skill set and his decision to smile after every fucking shot he makes is going to make us furious. You know, right when you think you couldn't be angrier when somebody hits a dagger, you're going to see his smiling, smug goddamn face right in our uh, right in our grill. Number two, and I'll, I'll add to the Brunson thing, Brunson's competency. The four of us here, a lot of the listeners already know, but most of Warrior fans do not know that Jalen Brunson has made this leap. You know, they don't know that he's, he's using these playoffs to, to have it be his come out party. And it's going to go from who the fuck is that guy to, you know, he's averaging 25 against us. It's going to kill us, which leaves Dwight Powell. You've already nailed it. I'll just leave it as a size. He's the one dude. He's the guy who's going to be getting those offensive rebounds. You know, he's the Clark from Memphis that we're going to have to deal with. So we will learn to hate Dwight Powell's face. MT, anything stick out or did uh, Bonte already steal all your answers? Bonte definitely took them all because they're all. (laughs) Um, I'll just lean into two of them because I think they're the ones I'm going to be most infuriated by. Number one is Luca talking to the refs. There is literally not a single play where he doesn't feel like he was either fouled or he did not foul somebody. Like, it's always a question, hands up. Like, and I just, it's infuriating. Like, stop talking to the refs. I get it that that's a thing, and a lot of players do it. For some reason, he, when he does it, it's just maddening. And we're in for a lot of it, especially if we get another Kane Fitzgerald type of referee game where it's just all over the place. So um, I think Warriors fans are going to hate that. And then I also am looking forward to slash going to be interested to see how Marquise Chris plays. So Dallas isn't big. Um, and if we go small ball, then I don't think he plays a lot except for garbage time if there's a blowout either way. Um, but if there's a chance where Jason Kidd is, is proven to be a good coach, he's gotten this team a lot further than people expected. So I think he may be looking at into it as like, this is his old team. He's athletic. He's big. Maybe I can steal 12, 13 minutes of him actually going out and getting some offensive rebounds and being that athletic type. And I think it reminds us of how much we loved and hated Marquise Chris all at the same time. I was going gonna to throw Marquise Chris out there. I was worried about him. You know why I'm not? What I ultimately landed on? Because I remember that he's Marquise Chris and he's not going to do shit. <laughs> it is what it is. Let's go to a we different love Marquise Chris. Come on. 
Yeah, we yeah. Warrior fans. Yeah. Come on, so how come we didn't bring Chris back? Why it's didn't you bring Marquise Chris back? Oh, here's a secret. During that last series in Memphis, to anyone would listen, I'd be like, we should have Marquise Chris. We're fucked. Like, we needed that size. So we need, Or we needed a goon. Somebody yeah. who's going to hack the hell out of somebody. We need them both. We need them both. But now that we're playing against him, I stand by what I said. It was what it was. Maxime, here's the next one to you. Another one I like. Quote, over the past few weeks, you've talked about who the league wants to win a specific game and how the officiating can make that happen. Who does the league want to win this series? Wow, that is a that is a fascinating question. Wow. I mean, oof, I don't know. I, I, you can see it on both sides, right? I think the league in some way wants to anoint Luka Doncic as the next star, right? I mean, coming out, dropping 45 in that game. I mean, he is, he is a force to be reckoned with. And I think, you know, John Morant kind of showed a little bit of his uh, juvenile behavior in a way that might make the league pause on trying to anoint him to be the next Jordan or whatever. And uh, Luka Doncic has a lot of that star qualities. But but with that said, overall, I do think that Golden State has the case here. I think there's a lot of reasons for it. Um, but I think primarily it's that the league wants Steph Curry's image to permeate throughout the league. The way that he operates – throughout basketball is really, really important in taking the game international and in taking the game to a place where uh, it is palatable to more types of people. I mean, he, he reaches across the political aisle, if you will. So I think the league wants to see Golden State, uh, Golden State's brand of basketball make it all the way to the top. I'm going to put a cherry on top of that and then Bonte see we've convinced you. So I agree with everything Bonte just said, uh, Monte, that uh, Maxime just said, and I will add that it's a dwindling asset. This league, they've got 25 years of Luke. I mean, I don't know, but they, they've got a long time of Luca's success left. Steph's, you know, success, it's, it's still here, but we can at least see perhaps the end and, you know, in the coming years. So if they're going to take advantage, you know, right now, get Steph in while you can, and then maybe we start parading uh, Luca around down the line. What do you think, man? You do this for a living. Who would the league prefer she win this series? I mean, Luca is definitely the face of the league, and I think him being in the Western Conference Finals is going to help him and, 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 you know, basically catapult him to a new height here in the NBA. They also have Jason Tatum on the other side against Miami. But think about all the storylines the NBA can get out of the Golden State Warriors in a potential NBA final. All right, Stephen Curry trying to win his fourth ring to tie LeBron James. Think about that. He's one ring away from tying the great LeBron James. The Clay Thompson story. Guy goes 941 days without playing basketball. Game six, Clay. Enough said. Andrew Wiggins, former number one pick. Then you got Draymond Green, who's going to be podcasting, going on TNT and doing everything. God knows what. He's a story in itself. Jordan Poole, a budding superstar in this league. Then you got young Jonathan Kuminga coming off the bench, as well as Otto Porter Jr. The storylines galore with the Golden State Warriors. Storylines galore with the Golden State Warriors. So I would I would say the league wants Steph Curry. They want they want to see him get pushed right. But they know the Warriors are a ratings monster with all those storylines and a potential NBA final. The league wants the Warriors to win this so, so bad. I got one last question. All right. It's the who's going to win and how many games and why. But before we get there, I got a one to 10. And this is only for you, Bonte. Um, And I'm a little embarrassed by it, but I need your need your opinion nonetheless. So some facts uh, and background. Three weeks ago, it was my birthday. Maxime reaches out with a text message. Happy birthday, man. Hope you enjoy it. Two weeks ago, it's Marcus's birthday. Maxime reaches out with a text message. Happy birthday. Hope you enjoy it. Fucking this weekend, Bonte, was Maxime's birthday. Marcus and I don't say shit, dude. There's no text that gets sent, but I just found out about it before we start. So one to 10, one being an incredible friend, 
10 being just an asshole to like, just not friends at all. Give us a number here. Where, where do we land having just, I mean, it'd be one thing to forget, dude. It's another, you know, he fucking, he just shot us happy birthday. So where do we land on this? So look, I feel like an asshole. Number one, cause I, I happy birthday, Maxine. Happy birthday. Yeah, thank you, <laughs> happy belated. But I have an excuse. I have two jobs. I have a 17th month. I'm driving my girlfriend crazy. <laughs> I got all these things. So a birthday slip. Hell, I was three days late on one of my little sister's birthday. Not too long ago. I was like, Hey, my bad. Seven o'clock. Happy belated birthday. My bad. But you guys worth work all together on this podcast. You guys have thousands of episodes. It's a one. You guys are all assholes. How dare you guys not send him a happy birthday text? The guy goes out of his way to send you the text. He could have copied and pasted it, whatever. I don't know how he did it, but he did it. That text means everything. The fact that you guys cold, just stiff arm this young man who produces his podcast. I would have quit the podcast on the spot. Not even case of beer. How dare you assholes, man? Nobody said stiff on. And here's what's weird. There's, it says not sent on a text message. I sent on your birth. I mean, it's right here. I'm looking at the phone. It's, it's like three or four pages too. It's really heartfelt. So it's just I copy Marcus. and pasted it. Mine said happy birthday, Marcus. And I sent it right to Maxine. <laughs> wow. Wow. That's unbelievable. I'm so disappointed, man. Oh, so why? How dare you? thought this was a family affair. I'm not proud of it. I'm not going to tell you I'm proud of it. In fact, let's just go to our last question, <laughs> boys. Who wins? How many games and why? Let's crescendo to Bonte because I've had some time to review this and think about it. I'll give you my answer. So I think the Warriors win. I think the Warriors win in six. I think it's going to be a rough ride. I think they lose one at Chase Center in these first two. And I think wow. we take it back when we get to, to Dallas. But before that happens, there's going to be panic in Golden State. You know, there's going to be a lot of shit talking and uh, hyperbolic takes. But the reason I think that they win, look, I've already said it. The Warriors are trying to use the combination of a superstar, three-pointers, and a breakneck pace to beat us. That's like trying to destroy Gordon Ramsay by having him uh, in a cooking contest and a shit-talking contest. This is exactly where we want to be. This is exactly what we want to be doing. This is the style of play that we have perfected. Not to say that we're still the best at it. Maybe Dallas can come in and prove me wrong. But until I see another franchise do what we've done better than us, fuck them. I think that we pull it out. So, Warriors in six. Maxime, what do you got? Okay. I'm going to say this. Happy birthday, by the way, man. I don't oh, know if I said that. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah, no, that means a lot to me. Thank you. Um, right on time, too. I uh, hope you got my text. Uh, I'm sure I did. I haven't looked at my phone. I've been really busy. But, yeah, no, I'm, I knew it was there. Uh, I, I, I want to say that um, I don't want to jinx us. So I'm also saying Warriors in six. But. It's like Warriors in five and a half. You know what I mean? I think there's there's a lot of reasons to be optimistic relative to the feelings going into the Memphis series, where I also said Warriors in six. It's a better matchup. There's more reasons to be optimistic here. So it's going to be a hard-fought series. Anybody that's underestimating Dallas will do so at their own peril. This team is good. There is They are a nice three-point shooting team. I actually think overall they are a better three-point shooting team than we are on paper. Um, so it's not going to be easy. But we got all the reasons to be able to feel good about this. Marcus, what do you think? Will we be hating that uh, dreadlock by the end of the series? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's a definitely strong chance of that. But I think Warriors in six, too. I just think a different um, wins than you called out, Bram. I think we win the first two at home, and then we take one um, in Dallas, probably game four, and then we come back here, and I think we shit the bed again, and then we go close it out in Dallas. So um, I still think it's Warriors in six, and I, to me, the – 
the Dallas is a great team and they're playing really well, but their style matches up, in my opinion, playoff wise to be a, a hard matchup with us playoff style wise, because I just think we match up really well. And when they come out and shoot that well in the, uh, the previous game and close out the Suns, I think there's a bit of a hangover from that. And we're, we're not going to sit down like that. And I don't think that carries over for all their players into the next um, two games. So I, I think, you know, we start off strong and it's, it's hard to catch up against us when we're up ahead too well. Let's get the right answer from Bonte. Before we do, let me also point out, if, just to test my active listening skills, I'm pretty sure I told Bonte that he missed Bram, Marcus's, and Maxime's birthday. And then I'm equally sure that this fool said, yeah, if I'd known that, I would have wished happy birthday to Marcus and fucking uh, Mar- or Maxime. And there was no mention of Bram in oh, that. Yeah. I wish yeah, I had, yeah. which is Bram, interesting, which birthday. is an interesting I thing. I didn't think he was a big birthday guy. That's why I left it off. You seem like you're the guy who's angry or something. You're like the dad in Talladega Nights, right? Everything's going well. It's all kumbaya. It like pains you. And you got to have, you know, negative bone in your body. All of a sudden goes crazy. You flip the cake over or whatnot. I didn't think he was a big birthday guy. I, I, I mean, I'm just bad. saying, I'm just point it out. It's just what I heard. Birthday. It's just what I heard. All right, much more importantly, Bonte. Yeah. Happy 21st birthday, Bram. Happy 21st. Really, really appreciate fun. that. I got hammered. Uh, First time I was able to drink legally. It was fantastic. Who wins this, Bonte? What do you got here? Well, I have the Warriors, and, you know, I, you know, as soon as I get off the pod is when I'm going to start doing my deep dive on the Dallas Mavericks and start playing out the matchups and who's going to guard Luka and who's going to try to slow him down and what happens with Brunson and Dinwiddie. Look, they have three guys. And Dinwiddie, Brunson, and Luka, who can get to any spot they want to on the floor. And one problem the Warriors have had all season is dribble drive penetration, staying in front of their guy. And having it three and D guys like a Bullock and Dorian Finney-Smith, and also you got Maxi Kleber hitting threes from the corner. Stylistically, the Mavericks match up very well with the Warriors, even if they want to go to their small lineup with Jordan Poole, Steph, Clay, Dre, and Wiggins. And what I worry about is Dallas always gets the right matchup on offense. And they're going to hunt Stephen Curry. They're going to hunt Jordan Poole. They're going to try to get Wiggins off of Luka. And there's going to be some games where you just can't do nothing against that Dallas team. They're going to cook you. They're going to light it up. I think this is going to be one of the classics. I think it may, honestly, I maybe I'm just living in the moment, but I think it's going to be the toughest matchup out West for the Warriors since Oklahoma City back in 2016. I really do because our Rockets were too predictable. You know, it's going to be threes and layups. They totally, totally neglected uh, the mid-range jumpers, right? The mid-range game. Dallas, Brunson, Dinwiddie, and Luka, they'll pull up from 15 on you and take that mid-range jumper all day long, and they're really good with the floaters in the paint. This is a tough, tough team. Defensively, they know how to trap. They play really, really well. Jason Kidd's a hell of a coach this year. He's been a hell of a coach for this team. Their defensive principles are really good. This, I think this is going to be a barn burner, man. I really think... This is a seven-game series. Now, I could be wrong. I know a lot of Warrior fans are saying five and six, and they have the home court advantage. I see this being a seven-game classic, man, because the Warriors are a little bit older. You know, they're not the most athletic team right now. They're going to have to dust off Kuminga and pray to God that he doesn't foul out in three minutes, right? Uh, It's going to be a tough series. I got the Warriors going to the NBA Finals, but I think it's going to be a seven-game series. I see why you guys say six. I like the six pick, but – you know, I'm a little nervous about this one. I'm not going to lie to you guys, man, because Luca is not James Harden. Luca's a cold-blooded killer, man. He does not care. You talk to him, he talks back. He's got the step-back jumper. He gets your team in foul trouble. He gets to the rack. He creates for others. He's Larry Bird and Magic Johnson reincarnated all in one, man. This guy is dynamic. So 
Whoo! I, I got the Warriors in seven, but I think it's going to be a really grueling series, man. I think we're in for a classic. You know, it's a trip is when that Porzingis trade happened. Nobody gave a fuck. And it wasn't like we didn't, nobody looked at it big. It wasn't supposed to be this big That's changing thing in the league, you know, nope. it's just all, and, and instead it brought them back as you just identified, man, Dinwiddie, and then kind of made the power dynamics amongst that team. You know, Davi Furtons too. Davi yes. Furtons can't sleep yes. on him. You don't want to leave them wide open. So That's they bring deal. that trade and get rid of Christos Porzingis and they have one of the best records in the NBA since that trade. So uh, I, I think Warrior fans will come to respect the Dallas Mavericks. It's a tough team. It's a really, really tough team. Yeah, I agree with that. I think one thing I would add is the so Luca doesn't have the playoff experience. This is the last round was his first time winning a playoff series. And the second right. one, you know, beating the Suns was his second. So as he kind of gets deeper into the playoff run, I think he still has those growing pains to go through. Um, and back to who would the league want to see more? I think it's the stars aligned to have Luca get a few more playoff lumps before he starts taking over. And it's, it's Luca and Ja in the Western conference finals for every year for the next five, six years. So um, I think he still has a little bit to learn and he he's got that good experience, but Western conference finals is a different beast. And I think he's going to learn that. What team do you think Ja will be playing for once Memphis realizes they don't need him? Don't answer <laughs> that. A stupid joke. And I'll say this, look, if this thing goes seven, um, I'll have a heart attack. In fact, if it goes seven and our account stops tweeting, somebody send a fucking ambulance. I've finally passed out of my house and things are not going well. Uh, Bonte, we joke back and forth all the time. Um, it's something I enjoy about having you on, but let me say something I'm not joking about. You're the best in the business, man. Uh, we, we, we have fucking, you know, we, we are lucky enough on this show to have had you kind of early. And then we got to, you know, ride your coattails on this unbelievable ascension. Hopefully you know me well enough. I didn't believe this. I could come up with other bullshit. You're killing it, man. You really are. You are you are doing phenomenal. We are lucky to have you not only on this show, but as a Warrior fans in general. So keep it the good work, man. And fucking for those who agree with me, which I imagine is everyone, where can they find more uh, Bonte Hill? Well, first of all, I appreciate the kind words, man. You guys will be writing for the start. Um, and I, I truly, I, I think about that stuff. Like who was with me in the gym when I was shooting, right? That's the whole Drake line, right? But like, you know, part of I see people in this business get cocky, their egos grow. They all of a sudden start getting fame and they get a little more money in their pocket. And they change. See it all the time. And I think that's one thing I pride myself on is like, even when the world's huddle, my girl signs off. I like, go, oh, yeah, yeah. You've been doing that podcast forever. Go ahead and do that. Oh. It's my way of paying it forward to say, look, man, you guys have been riding with me. I've been riding with you. I enjoyed this podcast. And so that had never changed. You guys have always been there supporting, you know, when people say, Hey man, you're the voice of the band. I'm like, really? Like, I'm just I'm doing something that I love, covering the teams that I love. So it's been a fun ride, man. Dub Nation has embraced me. Dub Nation is great. You know, seeing them at the gatehouse every single game and they're chopping up. And then when I meet NT's mom, Wanda, man, and she's one of the one of the top security guards that chase it. Or it, it's funny, I could walk around there with no credential now. And she's like, yo, babe, you can watch a game right here. And I'm just like, the love Dub Nation shows me um is very, very much appreciated, man. I can't. I can't explain it, man. It's been a hell of a ride. And the Warriors are back. They'll be back in the mix again uh, after two long years, a two-year hiatus, no playoffs, and not knowing whether or not they're going to trade a young core. And how many times we heard Bradley Beal and Ben Simmons and Miles Turner. They've got their young core with Moody, Kaminga, and Jordan Poole. And I still have hope for James Wiseman when he gets back. And you still got the old veteran saying, we're not done yet. This window's still open. So uh, if you want more work, more Bonte Hill in your life, which I don't – 
I can't suspect why would you want that? You see me on TV and radio. That's enough, right? At Bonte Hill on Twitter or at 957 the game. But uh, it's always fun to be on the huddle, man. Always a blast. You know, we appreciate you. When I walk around Chase Center, the only thing I get is, sir, do you have a ticket or where the fuck are you going? <laughs> Which is a giant bonus. You want to find us pretty fast. In fact, I'll keep it to uh, two quick hits. One, we're on Patreon. If you already support us there, you know how we feel about you. If you'd like to help out a little bit more, go on Patreon. Look up Warriors Huddle. Support us for as little as a dollar a month. And then the other thing, my birthday is May 7th. So if anybody wants to shoot me a text or just, you know, say some kind words, that's where you can hit it with that in mind. Go Warriors beat Dallas. And hopefully we'll see you real soon. Good, good. Do you have that one piece of clothing you keep going back to no matter how full your closet is? Having a versatile, high-quality favorite feels great, but having a whole closet full of them feels even better. American Giant puts the quality, durability, and comfort they're famous for into everything you need for your spring days. From premium t-shirts and jeans to lightweight French terry joggers and their legendary best hoodie ever. Whether you're dressing for work, the gym, or happy hour, you're sure to find your next closet go-to from American Giant. And it's all made in America and designed to last a lifetime. Get 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com with code STAPLE20 at checkout. That's American-Giant.com, code S-T-A-P-L-E-2-0.